Welcome to the jar. We're so glad you chose to hang out with us today. And my big announcement for everybody is starting on October 24th, we are going to have a spiritual growth campaign called Anxiety Island. And the reality is, is these past 18 months, uh, there has been all kinds of anxiety that we've felt. And it has increased and it's gotten greater. And you've had anxiety and I've had anxiety and the world has had anxiety. And so what we want to do is create this spiritual campaign of five weeks where we're going to learn how to release our anxiety to God. And what we're going to do is be able to learn some tools, how we can live in peace uh, through uh, this whole five-week period. Because the reality is, is that sometimes when we're battling anxiety, it feels like we're on an island and we can't get off of it. And today, or, or coming on October 24th, uh, we're actually going to talk about how can we get off the island. We're going to vote anxiety off the island, okay? And now, how can you help? Well, there's a couple ways. One is, we would like to encourage all of you to actually take one of these signs and put it in your yard. So when you leave today, as you go through uh, the lobby, uh, there'll be a sign for each of you and uh, one of these handy-dandy stands. And I did this. It took me 11 seconds. Okay? Do you think you have 11 seconds, people? Okay? And if you're on the stream, uh, what we want to encourage you to do is if you want, just stop by the JAR office and you can pick up a sign and put it out in your yard. And what we want to do is let people know that in the midst of the pandemic and all the crazy, that the jar's here and we're here to serve and love and care for you. And I think this will create a lot of good conversation starters with your neighbors, friends, family, other people who might come and do that. So, you're going to get a sign? Yes. All right. And put it in your yard and we'll be good to go there. Now, the second thing is when you walked in today in your program, you received a card that looked like this. So I'd like all of you to pull out this card real quick uh, from your program. If you're on the stream, uh, just go ahead and uh, pull it up on your app because uh, the card's there as well. And it has Anxiety Island. And then there are three kind of blanks. Now, what we want you to do is to think of three people who are disconnected from Christ or the church that you could invite to become a part of Anxiety Island. Now, this has to be somebody that you're willing to pray for at least a minute a day. That you just pray for them. God, soften their heart. Let them be open to things. And then secondly, uh, that you actually connect with them. Like Aunt Clara, who lives in South Dakota, may be very disconnected from Jesus, and uh, she's a mess, but you don't see her all the time. So what we want you to do is to think of people who are really uh, people that are close to you, co-workers, neighbors, friends, family, uh, to come and to write their names down. Now, I never ask you guys to do anything that I'm not willing to do first. So I filled out my card, and uh, these are the people that I'm going to invite, Jerry, Lisa, and Roy. And so uh, those are mine. So right now, I'm going to give you a time either to type it in uh, on your phone, on the app, 
or to write this card down and then place it somewhere that you'll be praying for them. And then we'll challenge you in a couple of weeks to invite them to come to Anxiety Island. OK, so we'll put a little mood music on and you can go ahead and uh, just go ahead and fill out this card real quick. Okay, uh, I would encourage you also that if you have kids, that ask them to do this as well. So my two girls who are 12 and 14, uh, I'm going to ask them, write that down, because anxiety has really impacted our children too. In high school, middle school, uh, elementary, kids have been affected by anxiety a lot. And we want to try to help give them them some tools over this campaign to help with them with that. Now, all of this is going to be bathed in prayer. And uh, before we jump into the teaching, uh, I'd invite you to join me in prayer. Let's pray. Well, God, we ask that you would help us to think of the three names that we know are struggling with some stuff right now. That if they were able to come and maybe meet you, God, in a great way, we know it would change their life. And that they could release their anxiety to you and they could experience peace. God, we know we want this to happen in this spiritual growth campaign that's coming up on October 24th. And so we ask, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would already be moving in the midst of people's lives, that you would soften their hearts to help them to be open to you, and that we would see anxiety really kicked off the island that has consumed us so long over these last couple of years. God, we pray that you would give us the strength to pray for these folks, to connect with them, to let them know that they're loved, and that in a couple of weeks, God, you'd give us the courage to actually invite them. And now, God, right now, we want to hear from you. More than anything that I would say, we ask, God, that you would speak to our hearts, both with everyone here in the auditorium and everyone on the stream. And we pray, God, that you would move so that your name would be made great. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am not a disciplined person by nature. I know that might shock some of you, but I'm not. But a few years ago, a buddy of mine came up to me and said, Hey, I wondered if you would run with me in the mini marathon, the Indy Mini, uh, which is 13.1 miles. And to be honest, I'm kind of weird this way, but I ran track in high school and college and I did distance running. So I was really looking forward to it. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that because I had not run in a race in over 10 years uh, before that. And uh, he said, well, I'll go ahead. I'm going to put this schedule together. We have to have a training schedule so that we'll be prepared for the race. And I said, yeah, no problem. So he sends me the schedule. And the first day that we were going to run was January 2nd, two miles. January 2nd, it's going to be cold. I don't want to run. Like, who wants to run on January 2nd? I mean, that is stupid. What sane person would run on January 2nd? 
And then January 2nd came and my alarm went off and I hit the snooze because I did not want to get out of bed. But there was something within me that was like, my buddy's going to be there. I better go do that. And so I went and we ran two miles that first day on January 2nd. I kind of felt like our group should have been called the um, postman uh, group because we ran in snow, sleet or rain, rain, sleet or snow. We ran all the time. We just ran and we did this for four months. Now, I want you to know there was pain during those four months. During this training time, there was different times of pain. But when the race day came and I was surrounded by 25,000 of my best friends, that's a joke, by the way, okay? Uh, 25,000 people that are pushing you and pushing you out of the way and grabbing you and, and getting in your way, all that kind of stuff. They're there. But when the race actually came, I actually felt good. And when I ended the, the race, I was tired, I was exhausted, and I had some pain, but not very much. It was surprising to me how little pain that I actually had because I had trained. Now, I have a buddy of mine who uh, trained for a mini marathon for one week. I trained for four months. He trained for one week. And during that week, the longest he ever ran was three miles. And I asked him, I said, well, how did the race go when you did that? And he said, well, I got to the three-mile mark, and I thought my body was going to collapse. And he said, I pulled a couple muscles, and eventually I had to stop running, and I had to start walking. And then eventually, even the walking got difficult. And pretty soon he said, I was walking like Frankenstein all the way to the end. And when I got across the line... I just passed out and the paramedics came and it was bad. I had pulled all these muscles. I was dehydrated. Everything was a mess. I had to take a week off of work. I had to go to therapy and I've never run a race again. Now, here's the point, folks. All of us are going to experience some pain in our lives. Every single one of us. But the reality is, is that some of the pain that you experience is within your control. Let me say that again. Some of the pain that you experience in life is actually within your control. You can choose pain now or you can choose pain later. But the reality is pain typically comes to every single human being. Think of it this way. Um, If you're a student... Uh, right now, you're, you're a student. You can choose the pain of obeying your parents now, or you can experience the pain of the consequences later. Right, parents? Yeah. Like, like that's it. You can choose that. You can choose the pain of living within your means now, or you can choose the pain of a mountain load of debt later. You can choose the pain of not studying for your exam and create a lot of regret, or you can choose, hey, I'm going to study for this. I'm going to do it well, rather than having to maybe, you know, get rid of the class later on. You can choose to actually get up early, even though you don't want to, and go to work and be on time, or you can 
choose regret later when you get fired and you don't have a job. You see, folks, the reality is you and I, there is some pain that we can choose. So today, what I want to talk about is a certain type of pain, a certain type of pain that you can choose. You can either choose the pain of discipline now or you can choose the pain of regret later. And what I want to encourage all of us today is that we would actually choose discipline over regret. We would choose discipline over regret. Now, discipline is a word that we don't like very much. And so I want to kind of give us a working definition uh, today. And it's this. And this is your first fill-in. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Discipline is between choosing what you want now and what you want most. Now, God must have known that you and I would struggle with discipline in our lives. And so there's tons of scripture that deals with discipline. But maybe the one scripture that has the most imagery of this is found in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. 1 Corinthians is in the New Testament, uh, the second half of the Bible. And in verse 24 in chapter 9, Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, he gives us a metaphor of a race. And this is what he says. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. Everyone runs, but only one person wins. Everybody runs, but only one person Gets the prize. Then Paul goes on to say this. So run to win. Let's all say that bolded three words out loud together. What's it say? Run to win. We're going to run to win. Then he goes on to say this. All athletes are what? What's the next word? Disciplined in their training. If you're going to win, what do you have to do? You've got to train. You have to choose what you want most over what you want now. What do I want most? I want to get in shape. What do I want now? I want to sleep in and eat cold pizza, right? Like, that's the battle that we have constantly when it comes to discipline. You have to choose what you want most over What you want now. We're disciplining ourselves in training. Paul goes on to say, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize, though, that will what? That will fade away. Fade away. Uh, My two girls, Jordan and Shiloh, uh, both play soccer. And uh, if they play in a tournament on a weekend and they win the tournament, do you know what they get? A little tiny plastic trophy. That's it. Uh, if they, but if they both swim, if they get first place in their swimming meet, what do they get? A cloth blue ribbon. If you are one of the most amazing athletes in the world, we just saw the Olympics this past summer, and you win first place, what do you get? A gold medal. You work years and years and years for a gold medal. And guess what? The trophy, the ribbon, and the medal will eventually all pass away. 
they will all go away. But as Jesus followers, if you're thinking about that, what do we do it for? We do it for an eternal prize. That's why you run. This life is a race just for eternity where we can be with God. We're not running this race from little, for some little stinking plastic trophy. We're running this race for eternal life, for eternal prize. We're running this race so that we honor God, the one who did everything for us. That's why we run the race. That's why we do it. Now, I love this imagery, though, that Paul has of a race. Because as Paul's writing this, his listeners in the first century, what they would be thinking about, especially those in Corinth, they would be thinking, oh, run a race, I get that. And they would be thinking about a particular race called the Isthmian Games, which was kind of like the Olympics. And these guys would train their bodies for over 10 months for this race. They had no food, they had no alcohol, or they had no junk food, they had no alcohol. They would expose themselves to extreme heat and extreme cold to get their bodies used to that. And they would compete all the time up to the race. And when the race when the race came, they would actually strip everything off and they would run the race. I know it might seem gross to you, but they actually ran naked. No clothes on. They stripped everything off and they ran naked. And I was thinking about it. If I was training for that, do you know why you want to win the race? Because you don't want naked in front of you. I mean, who wants to see that naked? Nobody wants to see that. So that's why you would run the race to try to win. Because you didn't want to see guys in front of you, not a good look. Now, that all of your minds are wiped out looking at something else, let's come back to this concept of discipline. Now, a person who follows Christ is called a disciple. Now, what's interesting to me is that word disciple, the root of discipline is disciple. We're not running, though, for an earthly prize that's here today and gone tomorrow. We're not running for a prize that will fade away. We're running for the glory of God, to honor the creator of all things. You know, uh, since COVID has hit this season, the one thing that I've noticed over these past uh, couple of years is that for many Christians, it's become extremely difficult to be very disciplined. To be disciplined in reading the Bible, or in prayer, or in regular attendance on Sundays. So I want to encourage all of you who are here today, and I want to encourage every single person on the stream, that I want to challenge you to make today your Sunday to commit to become disciplined again. That you would live a discipled life, a disciplined life as a Christian. Maybe for some of you, that's to go ahead and start reading the Bible again like you did before COVID or, or prayer or to physically be in church, to make it a priority to say, if I'm in town, I'm going to be here. 
And I've been thinking about it because I wasn't doing this for aspects of the process of the pandemic. That I want to be able to come to church before I even get here. And I want to be praying, God, would you move in this place? Would you move in me? And I'm praying with expectation. And I'm telling you that if you pray with expectation before you walk in, God has a tendency to move in your life. I promise he will because he wants to work in your life. And he will bless you. And he will meet the needs that you have. Now, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is get real practical by giving you a couple of questions. And these are questions that I want to encourage you to answer. And if you will engage in this, I really believe that God will be able to uh, strengthen you and help you grow in this. The first question is this. What do you want most? What is it in your life that you want most? Just thinking about what do you want most? Now, don't tell me something stupid like I want to win the lottery. Okay? Because guess what? It ain't going to happen. I tell people all the time, your ability to win the lottery is like taking whatever the dollar is and shoving it down, you know, the the toilet. And then the toilet somehow comes back and gives it to you later on. It, It just doesn't happen. So don't tell me that. Or if you're married and you're like, my husband is a jerk. Don't say, well, my hope is really what I want most is to divorce him and to marry Chris Evans. Like that. that's it. No, 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 no. Now, don't think of those things. Come with me, people. Let's actually talk about something that you could choose that you want most that is godly, that will actually work in your life. What do you want most? Now, for some of you, it's to recognize that I really want to know Christ seriously. I've been going to church. I've kind of been doing the thing, but I want to know him. I want to draw closer, closer to God. For others of you, maybe it is, hey, I want to get in shape. I actually want to stop smoking, or I want to lose 20 pounds, or I want to diet better. I just want to eat better. That's mine. For some of you, maybe it is, I want to pay off my credit cards. I'm just tired of always having it over my head. I want to do the hard work of doing that. For some of you, it might be, I want to work on our marriage. It just doesn't seem like there's much intimacy there, where we really know each other's heart. I want to honor God with my marriage. Whatever it is, I want to ask you right now to think about it. Uh, What do you want most? And just pick one area. Don't pick two or three or four, because guess what will happen? You'll do none of them. You'll absolutely do nothing. Pick one thing and say, this is what I want most. So go ahead, write something down, and some of you aren't doing this. So just make, just put your finger down and act like you're writing something, okay? Um, but, but write something down, or, or if you're on your phone, type it in. What is it in your world, one area, that matters most? What is it that matters most? And if you do it now, great. If you want to take some time later, for those of you that are on the stream, think about it. What is it that matters most? Now, for some of you, it's like, I hope the Colts win today. Okay? Uh, yeah. That, do something more than that. Okay? What is it in your world that matters most? And here's the second question for you to apply and to answer. What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? 
What do you want most? And then the second question is, what do you need to choose now to achieve what matters most? Now, this is what I know about those of you who are here at the jar today, is that you're smart. You're really, really intelligent people. In fact, why don't you just turn to the person beside you and say, you're smart. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, wake them up if they fell asleep up in the balcony. Uh, you're smart. Just go ahead and say that. For those of you who are on the streams, I'm telling you, you're smart. Okay? If you're on the stream. Now, this is what I know about smart people. Smart people would rather have some discipline now than regrets later. People who are smart would rather have some discipline now rather than regrets later. So, what is it that you want most? Now, some of you, you might say, well, what I really want most is I do want to grow closer to God. You're right, Chris, when you said that, it's been a weird year and I just got away from it. I want to draw close to God. So, what do you need to choose now in order to achieve that? Well, for some of you, what that might mean is that you'll go to the Guest Connections table and you'll get this Bible. It's free. We give it to you. You don't have to pay anything for it. And then we have a reading plan that's connected right to it so that you can learn how to read the Bible. It only takes you about five to ten minutes a day, but you could do that. You could do that. And as you do that, God's words get in you and you grow closer to God because you're disciplining yourself to read uh, each day or maybe five days a week, whatever it is that you choose. Now, some of you are more techy and you're like, I don't want a big Bible like that. Uh, is there an app? There actually is. There is an app called the Version app. I have it on my phone and uh, you can just go ahead and get that app and it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You can download it right now if you want. Version has tons of different study plans. If you're dealing with depression, anxiety, uh, kids, uh, whatever it is that you want to grow closer with God, you can do that. Now, maybe for some of you, it really is prioritizing church. You guys are here today because you made it a priority. You see, church is not an, op- an option Church is a priority. It's a priority that you have to take. And so for some of you, I always say this. Hey, if I'm in Muncie, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at the jar. Now, for others of you, maybe you haven't had much community in your life. You felt isolated, disconnected. We have small groups that meet every single week or every single day of the week for you to be a part of. So you don't have to stand alone. You don't have to go through this alone. But whatever it is that matters most, you've got to choose what you're going to do now to achieve it. You don't settle for, I'm just going to get through right now. No, no, no. What is it that matters most? That's what I want to go for. Maybe you might say, I want a great marriage. Like, I want a great marriage. Well, what are you going to do? Well, folks, it isn't rocket science. If you're Christians, one thing you do is that you pray. You pray together. You're like, well, I don't like to pray out loud. That's okay. Don't pray out loud. Write it down and then pray it. That's fine. But you pray together as a couple. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? We're going to start doing one date night a week. That's what we're going to do. 
Or you might say, we can't do that because of the kids, but we're going to take two hours, we're going to lock the kids in another room, and we're going to have two hours to ourselves. Okay? And you, you do that. You tweak whatever areas are that need tweaking. For some of you, maybe it's getting counseling. My wife Jennifer and I have not had a perfect marriage at all. We've gone to counseling constantly because this is what we realize, that marriages need tune-ups. Marriages need tune-ups. You don't allow your car to go beyond 3,000 or 5,000 miles without getting an oil change, a tune-up. In the same way, your marriage every once in a while needs a tune-up. Maybe for others of you, it's debt. You've been in debt so long, you've just kind of become accustomed to it. You're like, I'll just keep doing that. It can change, folks. You can choose something now to achieve, to achieve what you want most. And so uh, there is the Dave Ramsey course that we encourage and we'll offer it as well. But you can do it online right now. You don't have to wait till we offer the class. You could do it now and you can do it online. And it changes people's lives. It's changed so many of the people's lives in this church. Now, is this going to be hard? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Is it going to take some time? Yeah, it's going to take some time. If you choose to read your Bible 10 to 20 verses a day, is that going to take some of your time? Yeah. If you start praying together as a couple, will it be awkward? Yeah. If you just start praying yourself, will it be awkward sometime? Yeah. Now, if you have a marriage and you start working at it, is it going to take some energy? Yes, it will. If you cut up some credit cards, is that going to be difficult? Yes. So you choose your pain. You choose your pain. You can either choose the pain of discipline now, or you can choose the pain of regret later. Well, Paul kind of continues on with this image of a race as he says these words. He says, so I run with what? What's the next word? I run with purpose. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I, what's the next word? Discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should do. You know, sometimes people in the church will come up and they're like, Man, I, I know you run. You, you must be so disciplined or run a, several times a week. And whenever people will say this, I often think to myself, no, I'm not. I'm not disciplined at all. In fact, I am one of the most undisciplined people. I'm incredibly undisciplined. I hate how long it takes For a 50-year-old guy to exercise. Because I can't just go exercise. I have to walk a half mile. Then I have to stretch all of my muscles. Then I have to walk another half mile. Then I have to stretch again. And then I finally run. And then when I'm done with that, I have to stretch again. It's a whole hour, hour and a half process. My girls all the time are like, Dad, we'll talk to you in an hour. Because it takes me that long just to actually get to the point of doing the exercise. I would rather sit on the couch, folks. I would. Also, I love donuts. I mean, I just love donuts. I love to just eat Concanon donuts all the time. I like to sleep in. I'd rather do that. 
I'm telling you folks, I'm one of the most incredibly undisciplined people I know. And that's why I've had to learn that I've got to run with purpose. I run with purpose in every step. I am so incredibly undisciplined that I have to say every day, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you in this step. And I need you in this step. And I need you in this step. And I need you in this moment, Jesus. And I need you in that moment, Jesus. I actually get my phone out and I will put my alarm on every single hour. So I remind myself, Jesus, I need you in this moment and this moment and this moment. I need him all the time because I am weak. I am so incredibly weak. I need him in my life. I need his power. I need his strength. I need him to help me in the midst of my weakness. I can't do it on my own because I'm incredibly undisciplined. I meet with an accountability partner every single Friday who asks me questions because I get messed up. I have people who pray for me and ask me hard questions. Why? Because I need people to pray for me. I need people to ask me hard questions. Folks, without Jesus and all of these areas of discipline that I put in my life, I would be so messed up. I'd be in a corner in a fetal position because that's how weak I am. But instead, I'm choosing what matters most over what I want now. One more thing I want to challenge you with, and then we're going to wrap up. And one thing that I've been doing in my own life over the past few months is I have created three declarations. Three things that I just declare over myself almost every single day. One of them, I've done it for years, and this is the declaration. I said, God, I declare today that I'm going to trust you more than I trust myself. You see, I have a tendency to always want to think that I can figure it out myself and I can do it on my own. And so I make this declaration. I say it out loud. God, I'm going to trust you more than I trust myself. When COVID came and it became so crazy and things were going on, I started declaring something else. And I'd say, God, I declare today's going to be okay. Today it's going to be okay. Why? Because everything's going to go away and everything's going to be fine and everything's going to be the way it used to be. No, but God is with me. God is for me. God is in my corner. God, today I'm declaring that it's going to be okay. And then one recently that I've kind of added to my whole declaration process. I did it this morning and it's this. uh, God, today I declare that Christ's strength in me is greater is greater than the wrong desires in me. That Christ's strength in me is greater than the wrong desires in me. You see, in my head, I can get so messed up all the time and things can come. And so I need Christ in me to help me with my mind because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. So let me ask you this morning. What declaration could you make this week? Just one. Don't make it long. Make it simple like I did. But what's one thing that you could declare each day to help you choose discipline over regrets? Now, at the very beginning, and some of you did it because I saw some of you didn't actually write some things. Good. I asked the question, what is it 
that you want most? What do you want most? What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? And here's the thing. And this is what I want you to get. If you do not do something now about what you want most, that will very likely become your greatest regret. Let me say that again. If you do not do something now about what you want most, that will very likely become your greatest regret. Folks, I don't know about you, but I just refuse to live my life with regrets. I refuse as a father to say, well, you know what? I wish I would have spent more time with them doing this and that and the other thing, but I was just so busy and I just couldn't do it and blah, 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 blah. No, I refuse to live with that regret. I also refuse to be the type of husband that says, well, you know what? I just didn't put any accountability around myself and my lustful thoughts took me down another road and all of a sudden my marriage got really messed up. I will refuse to be that type of man. I will not do that. And I'm telling you folks, if you want to look at some people who are battling regrets at the end of their life, go to a hospital bed where someone's at the end of their life, and I've done it many times before, and I will hear people pour out their regrets of what they didn't do when they had the life and the time to do it. And I refuse to be that person on my deathbed saying, here are the regrets. You see, folks, The bottom line is this, you choose and I choose, every single one of us has an opportunity to make a choice and we can choose the pain of discipline now or we can choose the pain of regrets later. You get to choose though what that is and so what is it that matters most to you? What is it that that you need to be able to say, I'm going to take a hold of this now to achieve what matters most? And this week, I want to encourage you, make a declaration. Write something down that God, uh, to help me live a disciplined life, I'm choosing this. Maybe for you, you could take one of mine, go ahead if you want. But what is it that you could declare this week that you would want to do? And then finally, run each step with purpose. And as you are running, as you're running, know that God is beside you, cheering you on all the way and saying, you can do it. You can do it. Choose discipline over regret. Choose discipline over regret. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that you would do a life-changing work in our hearts. God, I pray that you would move right now as only you can move. And today, maybe you're sitting there right now or, 
or you're on the stream right now and you're thinking to yourself, I do. There's some things that matter to me that matter most. And I'm just not invested. I'm not very disciplined in that. But maybe today you're ready to say, God, I need your help. I need your help to become more disciplined so that I don't have regrets. If you're like, God, I'm just so tired of being so undisciplined in my choices, of just kind of going through the motions. If that's you today, if that's you, if if you're like, hey, I, I'm just become that. I, I don't want to. I, I didn't intend to, but I've drifted into this undisciplined kind of life in my relationship with God or my marriage or um, my work or debt or whatever that is. If there's an area of your life where you're like, God, this matters most, but I need your help in it. Would you just raise your hand right now? And for those of you that are on the stream, just type in right now. Uh, I need discipline. Help me, God. I need discipline. Help me, God. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each of us who have a raised hand right now. And I'm raising my hand, God, because I need your help in my life. Help us, God, right now to choose the right thing over the easy thing. Help us to choose your power, God, over our desires. Help us to make a declaration this week that each day, God, I declare, I need this, whatever that is, for you to work in my life over an area that you're desiring to become more disciplined in. Help us, God, to run with purpose every single step and help us to run, God, to win the prize of honoring you. And I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. You can-